Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. Um, it always amazes me how Bill's songs just sort of usher in um, what the Lord's put on our on my heart to to give you, and uh, uh, He gives through me. And um, we're talking about uh, the love of God today, and the songs he sang says, "The eyes of our heart, with the eyes of our heart, want to see you." And that's saying that we want to see him through our, our spirit man, our heart. There is a seeing him beyond the physical. And then it says, pour out uh, your power and love. So the song was asking God to pour out his power and his love again from the spirit realm, not the physical. Okay? It says, we hope in our hearts. Again, that's a spiritual hope. Hope is the, uh, the expectancy of good. And then when the other song says, you give healing and grace that our hearts hunger for. So in all those songs, he was saying that that was a plea. It was a, it was a seeking to, that the spirit man be fed and receive something from the Father that the flesh could not accomplish in itself. It ministers to our flesh, but the source in all those songs, the source of that that was heavenly, the songs were played that feed our hearts, pour out your power, pour out your grace. So that's always interesting. So uh, praise God for that. Well, it's uh, good to be with you on my 65th born-again anniversary. And so I will... Um, uh, discuss and we talk a little bit about the love of God and of course we'll just touch the surface or tip the iceberg as it's so to say they say but anyhow this um, uh, God from the very beginning uh, wanted to express how much he was going to love his man before man was even formed before man was even uh, created because God works uh, five days creating the whole earth perfectly. Uh, the Garden of Eden was perfect. And he, he worked five days to fix this perfect environment for his man. And so that was an expression from the very beginning of the love that he had for that that he was going to bring forth and he was wanting to live through. And so the love of God himself, that total glory that he is, was there as he breathed life into Adam. And so Adam had his life, his source, all he was, was from the source, uh, God the creator of the universe. And of course that departed from him, once uh, Adam chose to uh, function under and receive that spirit of disobedience. So uh, one of the verses that uh, uh, a lot of people are familiar with that are in that have been churched uh, is John 3:16. And this says, "God so loved the world." Now the, it doesn't say God loved those that, 
uh, were already believers of those that loved him back, or uh, it was a conditional love. No, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, life is everlasting. Now, Second uh, uh, Thessalonians 5.23 says, that man is his three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Now, that spirit man is going to exist forever. So you have this, if once we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have uh, life eternal uh, forever and ever. And if you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, the word says, there will be eternal death. That spirit is going to keep on being, but it will not have the life that comes for the Father through Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, and then in 1 John 4, 7. Now, 1 John is, has a lot of, of love teaching, the love of God teachings. And, and Brother John has taught us these, these teachings before and the meaning of the word love and uh, there's several meanings of the word love in the Greek. Uh, I think he's taught us at least five, four or five of them. But 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Now there's two different uh, types of love there. Now we're talking about, now mostly today we're going to talk about love is a noun, not the verb, the action love, but the noun love, uh, and it says, uh, let us love one another. Now that love is a whole different word from uh, love is of God. The first one is a, like a friendship love, or you can have a moral love. Anyhow, love that comes from the flesh, the five senses. Now, um, the Five senses love is, uh, I love pizza. Well, how do you know you love pizza? Well, that pizza has fed your five senses. Or I love seeing uh, uh, some sport or whatever. So flesh love is, is this that satisfies the flesh, whether it's food, whether it's uh, what you see, hear, smell, taste, whatever. We love uh, the flesh loves to be pampered and satisfied, and we express that by saying we just love it. Well, that's a whole different thing than love is of God. That love is agape love, and you've heard Brother John say that several times, and that agape love is a love that only God can give, and it's unconditional love. You know, a lot of um, flesh love is conditional. It depends on the circumstances. Just how much was my flesh, my five senses, satisfied, you know? But God, love, that love that we're going to talk about today is the love that comes from the Father. He is the source of it. And, when he, and we want to read the love of God in that OF preposition means source of. So the love of God means the love that he is the source of. Now, we're going to get back into John, uh, 1 John 4 later on, but I want to read one more verse right now. 
First uh, John four sixteen says, and we have known and have believed the love that God has toward us. Now that's His love that He has toward us, and that's what you know Bill led us in song about. He is love, and He that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in Him. Now, all of that is the God love that he's a source of, that love that only he is capable of producing, you know, within us and for us. And First uh, John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love. Now, that is God love. There's no fear in the love of God. Well, so there's no fear in God, so he can't produce fear. Uh, there is no fear in love. But perfect or developed or mature love of God, again, cast out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not perfect or developed or mature in love or that love that is of God. And so we can say, and it says, and there are two or three places in John, 1 John that says God is love. So God is love. And we know that God loves us, so we can say that love himself loves us. It's not that God has love. He is love. And the enemy hates us. And, and there's, there's fear, there's hate, there's destruction. Anyway, any, he's no respecter of persons. Anyone he can destroy, that's his aim. In John 10.10, uh, 10, Jesus is speaking here. He says, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I am come that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So this life that he's talking about is that blessed life that only comes from the Father. He's the source of that blessed life, and this is the only life that truly satisfies, that has a lasting satisfaction. And I read in the Amplified, uh, John 10, 10, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have and enjoy the blessed life, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, that's the life that Jesus came. He said, I came. I am the source from which you are to receive this. Receive that, that Adam lost in the garden. I am come that you have this blessed, abundant, overflowing life, the expression of the love of God himself. Okay. Now, I'm going to use, uh, read some of the uh, Weymouth translation, and it is an excellent translation uh, from the Greek into our English language. And um, so Weymouth says in Romans 5, 5, it's talking about this hope of this expectation of good never disappoints because God's love for us 
floods our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's by the presence of the Holy Spirit that God's desire is to flood us with his presence, with that hope, that expectation of good that never disappoints. And, and it goes on in verse 8, says, God proved his love toward us. He proved this love toward us when Jesus came. And it says, God gives proof, and Romans 5, 8, God gives proof of his love to us in Christ dying for us while we were yet sinners. So he wanted to prove his love. It goes to get back to John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his son. Why? That we would have and experience the proof of God's love in a blessed life that's filled and overflowing with his presence, which is nothing but good and blessing. Okay. Now, I want to read, uh, if you will, go to um, Romans 8. And it's, again, talking about, we're going to talk about the love, the love of God. And in Romans 8, and I'm going to read the other, uh, uh, New King James Version. And first of all, in 35, we want to read 35, then I'm just going to skip down to 37. Romans 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of, of Christ, the anointed one? Who shall separate us from this anointing? Who shall, uh, Christ means anointed one. Uh, and so who's, who can do this? Who can separate us from this love that is in Christ that came to this earth so he could manifest himself, the love of God, in to God's man? Okay, and it goes on down. Now that was Romans 8.35, and this is 8.37. It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Him, Jesus Christ, is just talking about. We're more than conquerors. For I am not ashamed, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this wasn't separate us from, from the love that we'd have for Jesus Christ. This is the love that we'll have in Jesus Christ. So that's our position as born-again believers, is to be in that presence of that that represents the love of God. I'll read that again. Uh, Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Brother John has, has taught several times since he's been here all of the in him scriptures. I think maybe there's 144, I don't know. How many times they... In him, in Christ, in Christ it is in the New Testament. So that is a message 
that God wants us to, to partake of, a truth that partakes us. You know, in truth, um, we're studying the, the armor of God at the Hope Center for Women, and the armor uh, of God, when the first armor says, we are gird with truth. Now, gird is that that stabilizes us. You can have somebody that can't uh, stand upright or can't walk on their own or whatever, and then you stabilize them through putting a support around their loin area, and it says uh, the first armor is be gird with truth. So the truth is God sent Jesus so he could manifest his love to his man, and nothing can separate us from that love if we choose to receive it. And it's in Christ Jesus, and that's where we'll find it. Now, people outside of Christ, that anointed one, cannot know this love because they are serving a different God. So let's go to... um, John 17. Now, John 17, uh, well, 14, 15, 16, 17. Now, these are uh, the, our message, a message from Jesus. He, uh, he's just he's fixing to go to the garden uh, to be arrested and to go to the cross. And this is, he was uh, in the upper room with his disciples. And this is his last words to them. You know, you can have a speaker, and he, when he really wants the punch, what he wants you to remember is in the latter part of the speech, you know. And so this is this latter, this last message that Jesus had for his disciples before going to the garden. In verse uh, 20 of John 17, uh, well, let me back up and tell you, uh, John 17 is really kind of in three parts, uh, from verses uh, 1 through um, 7, he's talking to the, uh, talking to the Father himself, then he's, and then the second part, uh, he's talking, well, really 1 through 5, and then from 6 to 19, he's talking, Jesus is praying for the disciples that they'll stay faithful, they'll stay strong. And then you get down to John 17, 20. Jesus is praying for us today that will believe in him. And he says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, referring to the disciples, but for those who believe in me through their word. 21, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. They also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Then he's praying right there that we would be in him. We would be in him. He is in the Father. Verse 22, and the glory that you gave me, I give them that they may be one as we are one. Now, this glory he is leaving us 
It's this uh, glory that was needed at, for mankind to live on this earth uh, with that glory that was uh, imparted into him living in the flesh, Jesus Christ himself. But he wasn't going to need that glory anymore. In fact, if we go up to verse 1, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. So he was wanting, he said, I'm coming back into that glory, that glorious presence that the Trinity has. The glory, I'm coming back to that glory. But I'm leaving them, verse 22, and the glory you have given me to live in this flesh, I give them uh, that they may be one as we are one. Now, we were created for God's glory, and, I, and this is throughout the Bible, but over in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 43, uh, 7, it says uh, they were created for glory, talking about the ones that were created for the glory of God, and that was the words of the Father. Okay, now in John seventeen twenty six, the very last scripture, these are the last words out of the mouth of Jesus Christ before he went to the garden. And he said, in John 17, 26, And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it. Why did he do that? That the love with which you love me would be in them, and I in them. So his last words were, Father, and he's praying for us. Remember, this is a section of, of that uh, chapter that he's praying for the believers and all those who will ever believe. Now, we're in that group, and his last words were that I have declared to them your name and will, and will declare it that the love with which you have loved me would be in them, and I in them. So of the last words, this was Jesus Christ's request to the Father for us. Isn't that wonderful? Now that's how, that's his, that's what he, that's what he came. But he looked beyond the cross he knew he was going to the garden, but it says in um, Hebrews 12, 2, that Jesus looked beyond the cross because he saw our need. So he wasn't thinking of what he was fixing to go, the sacrifice of him taking on himself all our sin, lack, and sickness that Isaiah 53, 5 talks about. He knew that was coming. He wasn't taken off guard. But he wasn't thinking about that. He was, his last words to the Father in this chapter was, Father, I want your love to be in them. And he said, I'm fixing to go do what it takes to make that possible. And uh, Hebrews 12, I think it's 12 too. Well, we can find out here. That he did, he, was, he looked beyond the cross. He considered not that 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 was before him that he knew all about, but he looked beyond the cross for us, and it is uh, Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. So faith, he's, he's the author of it. He's the source of it. He's the one that can finish it off and make it and perfect it. 
Um, now look at Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy of what? The joy of knowing that man was going to, he's going to qualify man to receive the love of the Father. Uh, who, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this is, this is the purpose, one of the purposes of Jesus coming to earth, and this is that ultimate, ultimate uh, gift of receiving the very presence of God himself now and his love. Now I want to read, uh, if you turn to 2 Corinthians 13, 11, I want to read just one verse, but I want to read it out of the Amplified. And now Paul had been in Corinth, in the first book of Corinth. Now, First and Second Corinthians has so much wealth, but these Corinthians were always going back into uh, uh, whatever they were. T uh, Paul was trying to teach them. They was always sliding back, always uh, being persuaded by uh, the other sounds and voices. And but now these Corinthians have, uh, uh, of course, the love chapter in it. It has the uh, the gifts of the Spirit in it. it. It's just full of all this wisdom that uh, Paul was given for the Corinthians. But now he's fixing to leave them. And this is his final words before he left the people at Corinth. At Corinth. And this is uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 in the Amplified. It says, Finally, brethren, farewell, rejoice, be strengthened, perfected and completed, made what you ought to be. Be encouraged and consoled and comforted. Be of the same agreeable mind one with another. Live in peace. And then the love of God, which is the source of affection, goodwill, and love and benevolence toward men, and the author and promoter of peace will be with you. Now, he, that's his final words. He says, receive this love of God that you will know peace. And peace is completeness, soundness, wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. If it's anything missing, lacking, and broken, there's no completeness, soundness, and wholeness. So he was saying this love of God was going to be their source and from the Father and promoter of peace be with you through this love. So that is the power. That is the message throughout the New Testament is receive this love of God. Okay, now we'll stay with Paul's writings and we'll go over to where he was teaching the people and uh, he was in, I think he was in jail actually in Rome and he wrote Colossians. But this is a message he had for them and I'm going to go back to Mr. Weymouth's translation, and this Colossians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. For I would have you know, and 
in how severe a struggle I am engaged on behalf of you and the brethren in, in Laodicea and all who have not known me personally in order that their hearts may be cheered they themselves been welded together in love and one translation says built up together in love and advancing toward an abounding wealth of understanding so he was wanting them to be come together in love to have a wealth of understanding it says even the knowledge of the secret of god himself so that was found in that coming together in the love. Now that love there is the love of God again. That's that agape love. He said, you come together in the love of God and you will have a wealth of understanding. And you will know the knowledge of the secrets of God. You will know, you will be in him where all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are stored up. Now, that is the value of receiving that that is of God. Now, love of God is a gift. I can have a gift for you, and it could be just what you want, and it could be valuable, 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 but until you receive it, you're not going to benefit from it. So we are to know, know that God wants us living in Jesus living in his presence, and in his presence is where there is his love, his all-sufficient love in any and all circumstances. So Paul was saying here, he go, he's saying, you be knit together in the love that's from God to receive the blessings the abundance, the wealth of knowledge to walk in the fullness of all that God is. Okay. All righty. Let's go to Timothy. Let's go to 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. And this is in New King James. And I thank God, excuse me, I'm sorry. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now this is, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, uh, and an uh, insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Now, he persecuted the, the believers, the Jewish believers. He said he thought they were going against Old Testament teaching, and he had them persecuted uh, in terrible ways. But he said, I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Then he says in verse 14 of the first chapter of 1 Timothy, And the grace of God was exceedingly abundant, with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So if you think you're just uh, being too bad of a boy or whatever to receive this love, 
Paul is saying, I persecuted, I killed people that were believing in this Jesus that came against the, the Orthodox Jews' belief, but yet he says, in the grace of our Lord, in verse 14 of 1 Timothy 1, the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. So it wasn't that faith and love for Christ Jesus. It's that faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. And so he says he wants us to become in him, for that's where the presence of the faith and the power and the love of God is. And, um, okay, let's go to um, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I'll stay in the New King James. And we'll read, um, well, I start at verse 7. And it says, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. So God doesn't have any fear to give. So you can't give what you don't have. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us that spirit of his power and of love. Now, it's a spirit thing. It's not, you can't, a fleshly, carnal anything cannot satisfy what God is wanting to give us. It is a power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what God says he wants to give us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, his power. That's what he has to give. He's given us his power, his love, and his sound mind. So if you feel weak or you're in fear or you don't have a sound mind, then there must be a void of this love of God that he says he's going to give us. Okay. Let's go down to, well, I can read on. Uh, this is verse 8 of 2 Timothy 1. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, that was that gospel, that good news of Jesus Christ. And he had been punished. He was suffering because he had, had uh, been teaching it. Who has saved uh, the power of God, uh, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which were given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So this is a plan. This is already ours to receive Jesus, receive the power, receive the grace, and he had a purpose for us. But, and because of this undeserved favor, it's favor it's, if we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. Because grace is undeserved favor. And you're saved by grace. You're saved by something you could never merit. It's undeserved. Grace is undeserved favor. So, it, and I've given this illustration before, if you have a paycheck... You get it on Fridays, and it is so much 
beyond what your contract or agreement is that you be paid. Well, your initial payment is not grace. You earned it. You worked for it. That's yours out of your, uh, abil your ability, your efforts to receive it. But that beyond what you work for is grace. And we're saved by this grace, this undeserved favor that he's talking about. Okay, um, verse 10. Let's go back to 9. Uh, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been re uh, revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. They're, they're getting to see this love, this source of love. This Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life, immortality to light through the gospel. This eternal life. He has shed light on this eternal life uh, that you can have through the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, verse 11, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Now, back then, you were Jewish or you were Gentile. So these were the, the, uh, the, un, the, the those Gentiles were not Jews. Everybody in the world at that time that weren't Jews, you were Gentiles. Verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him this day. Verse 13. Hold fast, or hold on to, uh, follow after, the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So this faith that we need and this love that we need, that the Father is the source of, is in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is true. So if you're thinking, how do we know God really loves us and with this love that only he has, how do we know that? Okay, let's go. First John, we'll go back to First John 4 again. And we'll be wrapping up here. Okay, let's go to First John 4, 9. And First John 4, 9 says, This is the love of God, which manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten Son and to the world that we may live through him. Not what the flesh can accomplish, not our mental abilities. And it's not God can use these, but they're not to be our source of all. It can't be the source of all. God can use them, but they won't be the source of all the blessings that God has for them. They come through Jesus Christ. Okay, now this love uh, that, that's mentioned so much in the first John, especially chapter 4, that some, some of them are different loves. You can look them up and 
your concordance. Some of them is that flesh uh, love. Uh, but verses 16 through 18, uh, love is mentioned, the love of God, the agape love, is mentioned seven times in three verses. So I want to read them out of the, the Amplified uh, Bible. Uh, and it's just expressing the, the love of God in 1 John 4, 16, 17, and 18 in the Amplified. And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience, and believe we adhere to and put faith to, we rely on what? The love God cherishes for us. God is love. And he who dwells and continues in love, his love, now this is all agape love now, the love of God. Uh, God is love, and he who dwells and continues in this love, the love of God, dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. Verse 17. In this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to his face because he, so as he is, so are we in this world. So we are to identify with him. This is how we're supposed to be in this world, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. All expressions of the love of God. As he is, talking about Jesus, so are we in this world, not in heaven. It says, in this world. It's the evidence of there is a Jesus. There's evidence that he uh, redeemed us. We are translated from the powers of darkness and kingdom of God to your son. The evidence that, that uh, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Okay, verse 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not even exist. But full-grown, complete, perfected love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. So fear and terror can't even be in the same room as love. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment, and so he who was, is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. Now this is God love now. It is not full grown into love's complete perfection. It says we love him because he first loved us. That's verse 19. And so loving God wasn't a man idea. Because if it was, man would never be there because man's love is all about himself. You know, what makes satisfies his flesh, his mental abilities or whatever. But we love because um, he first loved us. Okay, in Jude 21, it says, keep or guard or prevent from escaping. Keep yourselves in the love of God. 
looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. So that's telling us we have a choice. And that's an imperative sentence there. It doesn't have a subject, so it's understood you. You keep, you guard, you prevent from escaping the love that God is a source of and looking for his mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. Now, verse 20 says um, that, uh, but dearly beloved friend, this is Weymouth, uh, but my dearly loved friends, building yourself upon the basis of your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of, uh, of his faith, his love, keeps us built up. And it says you have that choice. And so we are to set aside our time, our efforts, all our physical being, um, our three-part being, our spirits, our minds, our bodies, and to this presence. I, I heard recently... Uh, is talking about as a teaching on um, uh, 2 Thessalonians 5.23 where man is a, three, is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And the speaker says, you know, man is a three-part being and the one you feed the most is the one that's going to grow the most. And I think that's true. So we have that choice. Okay, we're going to wind up here. It says... Uh, when that love God is fully developed in us, there will be no fear. And then we've said, read in Romans 8, that nothing can separate us from this love of God, God's love. And it mentioned all those things. So it's a, it's a choice. We have the same choice that Adam had. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us make that choice. And so... Um, the enemy does not want us to know that this love is available to us. This love and peace and power of God that's in Christ Jesus. And even if you're born again, the enemy doesn't want to know this, this is who you are and this is what you have and this is what you have to live with. And this is proven when... Um, Jesus Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, there's a, uh, the Father spoke out of heaven uh, once he, when he was baptized and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, Jesus hadn't performed any miracles. He hasn't raised the dead, healed the sick, multiplied loaves and fishes. But God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was loved because he was his son. He didn't have to perform in order to be God's beloved son. And, when the, and then right after that, that's in uh, the third chapter of Matthew, just the last verses. And then the fourth chapter of Matthew talks about Jesus uh, going into the wilderness and being tempted of, of the enemy. And so when uh, 
he had fasted for 40 days, and of course the first temptation was bread, because he hadn't eaten for 40 days. Uh, and that was the temptation. Uh, has much more depth than that. But anyhow, in verse uh, Matthew 4, 6 says, uh, when, when the enemy was tempting Jesus, he, he misquoted what God had called him. God had just finished saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And the enemy says, if you are the son of God, he didn't, he left out that beloved. So if the enemy can make us think that we're not loved, he even worked, tried it on Jesus Christ himself. So if he thinks that we're not loved and we're not capable of receiving this love, then that's where all the things that's not of love can become a part of our life and we let it in because we're disqualifying ourselves of receiving that that is pure love that blessed life life and life abundantly and overflowing and all that represents the love of God for us praise the Lord Father we thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that your love never lessens. We thank you that your love is forever present. And so, Father, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to pull and receive and draw on and hold fast to that love. And we thank you, Father that you have made all the qualifications, you have made all the provisions for your love and your power and your faith to live through us that your son be glorified and receive that praise and honor that he is due. And so we thank you for that love. We thank you that you first loved us and we ask you, Father, that, that your Holy Spirit be stirred within us, that that Holy Spirit will be stirred and cause us to seek you and become want to become one with that all-powerful of who you are. And we thank you, Father, for your presence with all our families, Father, and that love that you want manifested through our families and through us. And we thank for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And if there is anyone listening that doesn't know about this love of God, well, it's in Christ Jesus. And we pray that you will desire and seek after that that is the love of God and who died for you to receive that that is of the Father and all that he has for you and made you for. So, Father, we thank you that you are with each and every one. And if there is someone that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, you just with open arms, help them to turn from whatever it is and towards you and experience your love and the fulfillment of all that you are. 
In Jesus' precious name, amen.